What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mini Mansoed Fridays. This is episode four, and we're going through. This is a lot of numbers. You ready? This is episode four, and then this is four signs that you are not ready to date, my brother. Part two. <laughs> that might be the most confusing episode intro. I've ever heard. So let me just put it this way. This is part two of an episode for men about some signs that you're not ready to date. Okay. Was that better? (laughs) Okay. So today is going to be a continuation. It's going to be really, really awesome. I'm super excited about it. But before we go there, I just want to say that the season 10 has been amazing. This week we had a Q&A from Dr. Julie Slaughtery. It's been so healing. I mean, I just, I kind of wish I had some of this content as a single or when I was engaged. It would have been super, super awesome. I just feel like it's been a super redeeming season of Heart of Dating. And it's just an honor for us, honor for Kate to be able to have any part in that. So I just hope you guys know it's been super special. This has really been a special season for us. And I hope that you guys have been enjoying it. Let's go. So next week as a teaser for season 10 this is going to be an episode that you just don't want to miss because we have judah and chelsea smith and we nicknamed them judy or juicy judah and chelsea is so funny you'll see guys not only was this episode at times just like really funny and they are a funny couple together it was so rich and so healing and let's just be honest like judah does get a lot of flack as a quote-unquote celebrity pastor but i will just say this it was probably one of the most humble and redeeming podcast episodes i've listened to or even recorded especially from a leadership standpoint like you will listen to the first probably one-third of this episode And you're just going to be blown away, blown away by the humility, the stance of ownership and apologizing and the great desire to just reconcile. It was crazy. As the episode was unfolding and we were recording, I was just like getting goosebumps and like trying to not to cry because of just how really vulnerable it was. Like it was crazy. And so I would just go ahead and say, get ready for that episode Because it's as good as it gets from a podcast with people like that who are just such phenomenal leaders and that capacity, just super, super humble, like godly humility was oozing out of that episode. So that being said, hey, we're going to go ahead and get a head start on planning Heart of Dating Conference 2024, which is wild. If you guys have a church that might be interested in hosting the event Or more importantly, what we're looking at doing, because what we recognized was the conference was amazing, but we can only do one of those a year. So if your church you think is a great fit, a really awesome singles ministry or needs a jump start to their singles ministry, let us know. And we would love to talk with them. We want to do much more in-person micro events with churches across the U.S. because of how phenomenal Heart of Dating 2023 was. So if you guys think your church in Nashville, 
Indianapolis, Chicago, LA would be a good fit. Let us know. We'll go ahead and get that ball rolling because specifically in the fall, we would love to do five to 10 micro events and we have some pretty good ideas there. Okay. What I'm loving the book, Why Do I Do What I Don't Want to Do? Phenomenal. If you guys have not Amazoned it, I'm not going to stop bothering you because it is that good. It's one of the few books you read that is like, I love when an author can put themselves in your shoes so well and they illustrate the thought process that I have many times, right? And I just, I really enjoy how JP does a phenomenal job of putting himself in my shoes and your shoes and the audience's shoes and gives you advice from that perspective. So, so good, man. We're big fans. The other thing I'm loving is, you know, what I would call, I think this is getting a lot more popular. You see guys like Craig Rochelle, Atomic Habits, but habitual lifestyle, you know, what is the one thing that this Q2, this spring that you want to do more of? Is it a gym? Is it reading your Bible? Is it diet changes? Here is the thing. Don't make a lifestyle change, make a habitual change. I'm telling you, this Q1 has been hard for me because we're on the road half the time. When I have two or three weeks of solid gym time and I'm waking up, my body's waking up at 7 a.m., 6.30 a.m. on the dot, I'm not setting an alarm. That is what gets me to the gym more than any motivational thought I could ever have. When my body wakes me up saying, it's time to go, I'm craving the gym, that is what makes me want to go more than any motivational aspect. When your spirit, after training it to consume Christ, consume God's word, consume fellowship with him in the morning, is a habit, well, guess what? At seven o'clock in the morning, it's not gonna be motivation. It's not gonna be, I need to do this, check the box. It's gonna be a habit and a thirst for him that wants you to come back. It is the habitual habit. And so I just want to encourage you, if there's something new, see if you can make it a habit first and then see how it how long it lasts. So that's some housekeeping, a great intro for you. And here we are. It's part two. Hopefully this episode is a little bit shorter. Just as a quick wrap up, you know, you guys have been super, super kind And here's my challenge, fellas, especially if you're coming back for part two, and this is good. Find a dude to listen to this with you and talk about it. Literally go through each point. Where on these four points are you struggling, right? One, two, three, four. Maybe, you know, if you guys are much smarter than me, there's a point five and six that you know, right, is holding you back. Talk about it with a friend. Where do you need to see progress before you go back into dating. Talk about it with that friend. Say, like, I can't get away from this question because if you ask me as a bachelor if I dated well, I could not look back and say, I was dating really well across the board and in my wake, I was leaving total peace, total confidence, total unity, right? I would say I did in some cases and I did not in other cases. And that's hard because, listen, I have to level set with you guys. You could be perfect on these four for four and communicate perfectly and honestly and kindly. And yes, there is an element on the other side of the equation where your female counterpart 
just does not take it well for whatever reason, okay? That's totally possible, but it is not an excuse for you to relax on the bar, right? We have to take ownership. Let me put it this way. If a hundred things went wrong in the first date, in the relationship, in the talking phase, and you committed one mistake and she committed 99, the question is still, where can I take ownership for where I did not show up well? Where did I not live above reproach? That is what a great friend, a great brother in Christ, that is what a great husband does. Because guess what? That's exactly where you are going to have to be a man and be a husband. There's going to be arguments where you didn't start it, you didn't cause it, and you're probably right. And guess what? You got to take a nice slice of humble pie and say, where did I still not show up? Where did I still not show up? Well, this is the training ground for that godly humility. So find a man, find a brother to share this with, to walk through it with, and we're going to go ahead and jump in. So number three on four signs that you're not ready to date is this. Brother, I I get how this goes, but if you do not have authentic community, genuine community, meaning more so just brothers, and if you do not have wise counsel, a wise mentor, And lastly, if you have pride in this area, you're not ready to date. Community, wise counsel, and pride. It's kind of a funny one to throw in there last minute, I know. But just give me a second, okay? So let me just say, you know, in 1 Peter 5.5, he says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. And then he says, all of you. Clothe yourselves in humility, because with humility, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. We could spend an hour unpacking this, but I would just say, when we talk about being younger in your 20s, we think about 1 Timothy more than we think about 1 Peter 5, right? We think about, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, because you're a smart little boy and you have a, a great opinion that needs to be shared. I'm sure you have things that we can all learn from, but this should be our North Star. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Submit yourselves to men who are wiser than you, who have more life experience than you, who are smarter than you, who've made more mistakes than you, who know how the world works. One big thing is this, They have seen just how wrong life can go. They have seen just how wrong bad marriages can go. They have seen just how wrong bad relationships can go. This is why when we have a guy like Gary Thomas on the podcast and we talk to him behind closed doors, he's the exact same. And he says, guys, I've been doing this for 40 years. When he says that, he's been talking to married couples. He's seen relationships for 40 years. I'm sorry, but anything he says is is like a gold mine. Kate and I, anyone who is wise should zip their mouth and listen like a sponge because 
not only has he seen amazing marriages and tremendous marriages, but he's seen just how badly it can go. And I don't say fears or fear of a bad relationship is our motivator, but being very, very, very sober to the fact that choosing wrong can be devastating should be a very, very great motivator to pursue wisdom. And I would just say, you know, if you're younger, you know, if you're like me, I definitely at times had issues with authority and meaning like I did not seek out mentorship. I let mentorship seek me out. And that is just the worst thing I could have done. It was the worst thing not to proactively air my dirty laundry, not to proactively confess, not to proactively find men who were in those positions. I kind of sought it out, but I didn't really. You know, I'd have a coffee date. I'd have a Zoom call once a month. That's not the opportunity. Let me tell you this. Those calls with your mentor, those calls with those guys who are wiser than you, smarter than you, who you respect, those are not the calls to put your best foot forward, okay? Those are not the calls to impress them, to say the wise thing, to say the cool thing. Those are the opportunities for you to say, I'm going to get real vulnerable and I'm going to get real honest. And that's where the change actually happens. It's that iceberg, 20% above the surface. Let's go into that last 20%. The last 10%. Listen, I promise you, it won't surprise them. (laughs) I promise you, if they're wise and they've heard a lot of stories, I promise you, it won't surprise them. But you got to have that wise counsel and you have to have that greater community because there's a couple points why. Number one, if you don't, and men who have done this before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Do not date in a silo. Do not, I please, I beg you, don't, 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 do not date in a silo. Because if you do, and and when I mean a silo, I mean even with a loose group of guy friends who you quote unquote call community, but they don't follow up with you and you're not following up with them, right? Guys who If you have not clearly said, hey, I'm going on a date, will you follow up with me? That's not tight community, okay? Because when you date in a silo, you are going to act like a fool. You're going to act like a fool with your boundaries. You're going to act like a fool with not following up well. You're going to act like a fool with ghosting her. You know, when you don't submit yourself to authority and you don't submit yourself to community, you have a hall pass because of pride to act however you want, to treat her however you want, to say whatever you want, to cross boundaries however you want. That is is the most dangerous thing for you and how you act. There's no system of feedback. There's no system of accountability. If you don't talk about it, nobody else is going to find out about it. That's why dating in a silo just for how you act and behave is, you know, it's just up to you and your human nature at that point. Now, can you date in a silo and still glorify Jesus and date well? Absolutely. That's totally possible, but it's rare. And it's putting a ton of chips on yourself saying, basically, I don't need community. I don't need accountability because I'm going to show up perfectly. 
Ooh. <laughs> if that's not pride, I don't know what is, <laughs> okay? Because it's just totally overestimating who? Yourself. And, and that's why, you know, it's so important that God died for community. Jesus died for you to have accountable. Like, why would Paul, why would Peter tell us to submit to, to elders if it wasn't wise, if we didn't need it? And it's so funny because what's the follow-up verse to submitting yourself to uh, your elders, your authority? Well, it's all of you clothe yourselves in humility. <laughs> so ironic. The humility has to predate the submission. And then what I love about it too, it says, hey, you young guys, you know, submit yourself. And then all of you, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. Clothe yourselves in humility because I don't care who you are. God opposes the proud and he favors the humble. When you wear the pride, I will say this, JP in his book, I just read this. It was so good. He was talking about the vice of pride and his analogy was Lady Gaga in 2010 wearing the, the meat costume. When you wear pride like clothing, you're basically wearing that meat costume with grade A, ribeye, wagyu beef. And the devil is praying around like a roaring lion. When you wear that pride, that meat suit of pride, you are just inviting inviting, inviting, inviting the enemy to just take residence in your life. And that's why pride is so dangerous. A lot of people say pride is the predecessor of all sin. You know, it's the it's the pregnant mother of all sin. Pride is. So that's why it's so important. Drop the pride. You need community. Drop the pride. You need a godly mentor. Drop the pride. You are not as good as dating as you think you are. Drop the pride. You're a lot more broken. You're a lot more fallible than you think. Drop the pride. Drop the pride. Drop the pride. It's humility. Humility. Godly humility. That is what will serve you well in dating. To date well. So, oh, and I didn't even mention this. Guys, the other part of this. You ready? This is why it's so important to have wise counsel. And this, there's a lot of women listening to this as well. This, this is why the second part other than you going out there and acting like a fool, is this. It's so important to have wise counsel and genuine community. It's so important to have people who you know, without a shadow of a doubt, they have your back. If there's one thing that you know in your heart and soul, this person cares about you. They care about your heart they care about your security. They care about your safety. And that is so important because the problem with abusive cycles and these really, really sad situations we hear is that the romantic feelings in dating and relationship, people can wean you off your support system, your wise counsel. They can convince you that they don't really care about you. And that the second you stop listening, your blind spots will truly become blind and you are at the mercy of your partner. I cannot enough harp on this point. Before you jump into dating, have people who have your back because when the love comes and the romance comes and the feelings comes and you're in confusion, you have to have that clarity and evaluation that this person 
who has my back before this person that I'm dating has ever been here, I have to trust what they say. I don't care what I'm feeling. I don't care what I'm going through. If they speak, I'm listening. Okay, there is a reason why they were your counsel. There's a reason why they cared about you before anyone else came along. And they just care about you. Why? Because they care about you. They have nothing to get out of you. They have no ulterior motives except that they just care about you and they love you. So that's why it's so important. And if you're on the flip side of that, dating someone who has counsel, dating someone who has mentors, you're not trying to win that person over. You're trying to just show your godly character. You have nothing to prove to them in the sense of like God's got you and you don't have to fear man, right? You don't have to win them over. You don't have to manipulate your way. You just have to be the genuine person you are in Christ and show them the fruit of Christ in your life. And that's all they need to see because they'll know when you're trying to prove it to them. They'll know when you're trying to manipulate and win them over, okay? They're going to be testing you. They're going to be seeing you. You know, I'll never forget when Nika and Emeka, Kate's counsel, Kate's mentors, they said, if you're not here to to date her and love her, then just leave. And until then, like, we're going to keep testing you and we're going to keep evaluating you. They said these words to me on FaceTime with Emeka in the back, walking back and forth as intimidatingly as possible. And I said, do your worst. I'm here to stay. Like I really am here for the long term. I'm not scared of you guys in the sense of like, I don't fear you guys in the sense of I have to fear you and and win your approval. But if you are her counsel and you are important to her, I desire to have your blessing. Why would I not want the counsel and the support system of my partner to bless this marriage, right? If they have thoughts and concerns, I want to be completely open to that feedback. Okay. Woo. That was much longer than I thought it would be. So I hope that was helpful. (laughs) We're moving on to number four, our last part. So this one's long. I'm I'm just going to warn you guys. This one's long. You guys know, you know, probably if I had to guess, it's about 10 minutes. But I'll try to to keep it, you know, tight and keep it truly to a mini-sode, okay? Number four is this. If you don't have a foundation for dating and relationships and marriage, and you don't know what you're looking for and why you're looking for it, and you have done no homework and you're just kind of going off your gut and your feelings and your intuition, my brother, my brother, my brother, you are not, you are absolutely not ready to date because you're not ready for a relationship. And you're definitely not ready for marriage. Like, let me just ask you this straight up. Have you read about marriage? (laughs) Like the true, have you dedicated time in your week, your weekends, your free time to just read about marriage? Have you dedicated time to study the true biblical purpose of marriage? Do you know what the point of dating is and the point of relationship is and the point of marriage is for? right? Have you read God's word for his description of the covenant of marriage? Have you read books from amazing authors like Tim Keller, The Meaning of Marriage, Francis Chan, You and Me Together Forever? Have you done research upon research upon homework upon homework to know 
why you even want to get married, what the point of this marriage thing is, what preparation have you done to date well? What preparation have you done to be in a relationship well, to choose well, to marry well? Like in what world do we ever step into career, sports, any financial advising, your 401k saving? What world do we step into that we don't prepare for? I love the retirement analogies because, you know, when it comes to marriage, if you equate it to like a savings, like a retirement fund, and you have like your life savings, a million dollars, and you have to pick one stock, one mutual fund to invest it in, how serious you have a million dollars, how just in the nitty gritty weeds, details, evaluation, back and forth, back and forth, homework, 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 preparation are you going to do about your investment, right? You are going to think about it. You're going to pray about it. You are going to talk to multiple people right before you pull that trigger. You're going to have multiple people behind you. Are you sure this is a good one? Are you sure? Are you sure? Like singleness in itself, dating itself, relationship itself, engagement itself, marriage itself, these all These all need to be deeply studied, deeply, deeply guarded, deeply, deeply stewarded. One big thing is like, it's just a coffee date and it it is just a coffee date, but you don't get to that perspective that it's just a coffee date without research and realizing in the greater picture what dating is. It's a big deal to say it's just a coffee. Why? Because I realize how many eggs I've placed into a first date. I've realized how dangerous it is to put everything with such lofty expectations into a first date. I've realized how unwise it is for me to commit so early in dating. The point of dating for me, after everything I've researched and studied and the stories I've listened to, the point of dating for me is just to see if I wanna go on another date, especially in the beginning. The point of dating for me after three to five dates is not if I want to marry them. It's if I want to go on another date and I want to be in a relationship. The point of 10 dates and 12 dates for me is really at that point is I want to see if I want to be in a relationship. The reason why I date someone for 30 days to 60 days to 90 days is because I really want to see their character before I jump into a relationship with them because I realize how dangerous it is to just jump in immediately before I actually know someone. Do you see how that, that itself was just a standpoint, a foundation on dating itself. We're not even talking about relationship. We're not even talking about engagement. We're not even talking about singleness. That was just dating. And that's why it's so important to have a foundation, right? A mission, a purpose about each of these. Your singleness, ooh, we could do a whole entire episode on why it's so important that, hey, my singleness, is is just for me to pursue Christ and make sure that he's the foundation of my life. That, my singleness, that's my time to heal and become whole from all these things that have happened to me. Singleness is my time to just completely engulf my life 
with Christ, that he is my true purpose, my true desire, and I just delight in him more than anything in this earth. That's singleness, right? So here's how I would encourage you guys listening. Go into dating Go into this arena of relationship, the study of marriage, the study of singleness. Go into it with a completely blank whiteboard, right? Wipe away everything you learn from culture, from your family, from your youth pastor, people who probably had good intentions, and build the foundation. Rebuild the foundation from the Bible, from these wonderful authors who have much more life experience and wisdom than you, and just surrender the pride of knowing everything and humbly approach each stage with a teachable spirit. Hey, maybe I don't know everything about singleness. Maybe I don't know everything about dating and relationship and engagement and the Institute of Marriage. I have a good idea that I've learned and picked up here and there, but let me challenge myself to go in with a blank whiteboard and allow God to teach me. Allow God's word to teach me, God's a wise counsel, God's wise teachers that he's placed on this earth. And, you know, to close out, I would just say, like, what is your personal foundation? We briefly touched on this, you know, in the first one, but your foundation for dating is so important because you have to ask yourself this question. Are you dating out of a deficiency? Are you dating out of a lack of? If you're dating out of a need, not a desire for marriage, a need for marriage, a need for intimacy, a need for a spouse, a need to be completed, a need to be happy, you will never be satisfied. And, and more importantly, if you come to dating with that need, it it is the worst place to go. Like you're going to meet nothing but disappointment. That person's going to disappoint you. The worked out date's going to disappoint you. Your crush is going to disappoint you. It's all going to disappoint you. And more importantly, you're going to cause more damage to yourself. You're going to cause more damage to other people, the kingdom. If I had to be blunt, never, ever, ever date out of a need. Never date out of a need. You can only date, only date out of a desire. And that desire is a submitted desire to Jesus, to authority, to counsel, to community. Those are the people who are going to help you check your blind spots. They're going to tell you if that desire has grown into a a monster, you know, a little monster that is just running your life and ruining your life. And side note, men listening to this, if you're dating out of emotional devoid, if you're dating out of a need for intimacy, you're probably struggling with porn. And you're probably struggling with masturbation and checking out. And you're probably struggling with numbing out with movies or with fun or with hobbies. Like those should be the dashboard like we talked about with Matt a couple weeks ago. If you're struggling with these things, it that is your check engine light is on. And there's like three or four lights on. Like we, we got to get some help and some healing from that standpoint. Because going out and dating is, is just going to be chaos for you. The foundation of dating needs to be something like this. My wife is not made for me. She was made for God and to have a relationship with God. I was not made for my wife and she's not there to complete me. I was made to have a relationship with God. She was made to have a relationship with God. The purpose of marriage for me is that I am helping and supporting and loving my spouse and their relationship with God. That's the purpose of marriage. 
the prayer would look like something like this. Your foundation, a great foundation would be this. God, I'm so satisfied with you that if I never marry, I might be disappointed, but I completely surrender to you and and your timeline. You, Lord, are the true desire of my heart. Your desires are my desires. And I recognize that you are the only one who satisfies my soul, not dating, nothing else, nothing else but you. So Lord, would you just lead me if I go out on dating to glorify you in every way possible? Let me be an agent of your kindness and grace, even in dating. Let me be the exact same person in dating and not. That's your foundation right there. We talk about these mindset shifts, like, are you striving to get someone? Do you feel like you're on a a hamster wheel? Do you, do you really need this to be happy? And the problem with this mindset is this, your joy, your contentment, your, your entire being is dependent on the success of dating. And it's just like one of the worst places you can go, you know? So that is like the ultimate Psalm 37, four, Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll grant you the desires of your heart. Guys, if you delight in the Lord truly, that melts your entire being. Your desires should be godly desires because that is what delights us is delighting in the Lord. And so much so that what he wants is what I want. So I hope that was good for you guys. Ooh, I know I kind of went a little hard right there. Typically we lead with a little bit more compassion and kindness, but it is compassion and kindness why I'm saying this today. Truly it is. It's not to dog on you guys, especially you men. I just, I come with you and I, as one of you, you know, I come with just so much compassion and so much empathy. I don't know what led you up to the point of how you date and what's happened or the lack of men showing you. So I have nothing but safe space and compassion for you. And also an invitation that we got to level up as men. Like good Christian men, they do exist. We are out there, but we got to keep leveling up. I just think our bar is so low sometimes that we check the box, we hit this low bar, and we feel like we're a good Christian dude. And reality is like, man, the bar is so much bigger, so much higher than we could ever realize. But, you know, that requires superhuman strength. And fortunately, there's a superhuman Holy Spirit who's here to just power us all to that, you know. So I just love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you guys soon, okay? Bye-bye.